Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. everyone welcome back it's a fine edition of dr homebrew even though it hasn't started yet i'm going to make that prediction it's a fine episode i heard it was going to be fine it's going to be fine lee what do you think it's gonna be fine right lee is not gonna be fine it's gonna be great lee's dying everybody it's gonna be good i'm not dying well we're all dying actually i'm just slightly decrepit some (laughs) faster than others yeah it's on a downhill slope. That's all right, man. I'm still drink. We're still drinking. Well, I'm still drinking this um, uh, Lecoq. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Imperial, Imperial extra, extra foreign double stout. Yeah, from London. Um, I feel like doing like a sake bomb because I have a, a an oatmeal stout from Faction here, uh, and then this thing. I feel like uh, just dropping it in and pounding it real hard. It's. <laughs> I don't even. I don't know. It's it's not beer. It's it's liqueur. It's mm. insane. It is, yeah. Almost. Stout liqueur. It's We're still weird. talking about that from Brett two weeks ago. Liqueur. Man, that's, that's still all, drinking it. Hey, this do. is a beer that lasts. It sticks to your ribs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't, it's not a, a chugger. You got to drink this slow. Wow, it's like a cassis in there, too. It's very bizarre. I've I never think somebody ha- paid you to say that word. Cassis or bizarre? Yeah. No, bizarre, we're not worried about. Oh, okay. Cassis. Uh, uh, I'll say it again, man. I've never had a beer like this. I've never had a beer like this in my Do you entire like life. It? I I don't know. It's very um, acrid and um, yeah, I don't know. But Bev you can't is, put it down. Can I see that for a second? Right, mm-hmm. Bev. Where's the camera? Is it on me? <clears throat> Studio. Put it on this thing, would you please? I want to show the cuck, Albert the cuck. There we go. It's very uh, ancient looking in its, you know, labeled thing or whatever. Bev did it. Bev's applauding herself. Why? Because no one else will. Um. All right. We have a a pretty cool episode here of Dr. Homebrew. But before we get started, of course, I want to thank our fine sponsor, Five Star Chemicals. Go to fivestarchemicals.com. Find out everything you need to know about how to properly clean and sanitize your brewing equipment uh, you need to do this in multiple steps. There's no non-multiple step cleaner that will do a, as good of a job as Five Star. So if you want to be a proper home brewer and you want to brew some really killer beers like, we're, like we drink here on the show uh, and that win awards, your fellow home brewers who are winning awards, they're using Five Star. You know they are. That's what everybody uses. So uh, check it out. Stop using iodine unless it's IO Star. And uh, use some PBW, man. Use some Star Sand. Use some Sandy Clean. That's the good stuff. That's the good stuff, man. I mean, I use that for uh, cleaning my my pots and pans, this uh, PBW. use it for cleaning uh, glassware, uh, blood mm-hmm. off of my porch, uh, mm-hmm. like fake blood. I use it working into a paste. Oh, it clean, yeah. It's so good, man. That stuff just cleans anything. You clean out your dishwasher, all kinds of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. yeah, that's all I do. I just sit and clean up my... Oh, wait, I don't have a dishwasher. Oh. I'm so dumb. But I do have to clean my oven soon. I'll use some PBW on it. It'll be great. Anyway, check them out. 5starchemicals.com. Um, 
Okay, we are talking with Chris today uh, after the break. We're going to take a little break, of course. Uh, but Chris is a unique uh, customer in that he sent us two beers. Um, they're the same batch, the same wort, um, but one is with a traditional Bach, and the other is with a wild, what did he call it? Traditional Bach yeast. Traditional, uh, a one, wild yeast he cultured off a peach tree in his backyard? Uh, was that it? That's exactly it. Wild caught yeast, he says. Co- wait, what yeast? Caught. Caught. C-O-T. Caught. He captured it with his bare hands. He wrestled it to the ground. Right. He had Jim trank it while he talked from the truck. It was interesting because, you know... On his on the bottles, he, he writes like, uh, "Oh, this is my wild caught yeast." I'm like, "Mm-hmm, I've caught a wild yeast or two in my day, brewing, dude. Don't fucking pull that shit up." <laughs> uh, but apparently, he uh, and uh, I can't wait to get the story. Oh, you're from. brewing? Uh, this is years ago when I did that sort of thing. I just let trained professionals do it now. Um, but apparently, wild caught yeast from a peach tree. So um, either he just brought the bucket underneath his peach tree, shook it a bit, and left it overnight. Or, uh, yeah, he actually did it on purpose. So I can't wait to, to, to figure this out, man, and, and, and solve this riddle. So it's kind of a rare time that we get to, to try the same batch uh, with different yeasts, um, especially something like this. And it's a Rauk beer. It's not just Rauk. some old Balt. It's Rauk. Right. Right. It's not some pale ale. No, no, right. IPA. It's, yeah, it's not some weird. But it's, a I don't know. And then I want to figure out why he made a Rauk beer. With a wild yeast. How would that... God, that would be just weird. I can't wait to try it. I haven't tried it yet. You will, your, your day yeah. will come. <laughs> yeah, sooner, sooner, sooner than, than you, than you think. think, yes. Well, probably not sooner than you think. You pretty much know when we're going to open this. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm Not until we talk about the, the non-wild version, though. Yes, yeah, so we're going to do the, the non-wild version. We do the tame beer first. That's all we do. That's all we do. We're tame. We're tame people here. I didn't say that. Oh well, that's true. Well, you're sick. You're ill. You're you're falling elderly. So I feel like we can't party. Usually we go to Vinny's and do shots, and it's just a wild time I'm after the here. show. But I'm fine. I'm noisy, but I'm here. <laughs> yep. You're doing all right. Don't Lee. slow down on my account. You're doing all right. We would never do that to you. We would never do that to you. Uh, before we move on, I want to tell you about a new book from the Brewers Association, however. It's called uh, The Guide to Starting Your Own Brewery. And if you've ever been interested in starting your own brewery, this is the book for you. It's uh, authored by industry veteran Dick Cantwell of Elysian Brewing, which he's been in the industry for God knows how long, for years, making all kinds At of good At least beers. the 80s and probably farther back than that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he covers ingredients, financing, business plans. Quality assurance, distribution, wastewater, sustainability practices, and more for any prospective brew pub and packaging brewery owner, which is probably you, dear listener. Right. And believe me, you need to read the wastewater chapter if you're <laughs> going to do this. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that the book talks about that you don't really think about when you go, you know what I'm going to do is uh, yeah, open yeah. a brewery. Yeah. You're thinking about your hop contracts and the <laughs> wastewater is going to shut you down if you don't do it right. Yeah, Exactly. Uh, Sam Calgione from Dogfish Head, everyone's favorite, uh, you know, East Coast brewery. He, this is what he has to say about the book. Uh, I am certain any aspiring commercial brewery in the planning phase or small brewery looking to grow will find useful lessons in every chapter Dick has written. The book is written from a true brewer's perspective. Now, if you can't take the, the word of Sam Calgione, 
Whose word can you take? And, and he wrote a book, you know, brewing a, a business. So he's, you know, you would think he, he's like he talking understands. about the competition here, and he's praising it. So that's yeah. a good sign. So check it out, everybody. Um, guide to starting a brewery from the Brewers Association. It will definitely help you out, help you achieve your dreams, your dreams. All right, we're going to take a break here, and then when we come back, we're going to talk to Chris, who has this. Uh, this Bach, this smoke, this Rauch, this Rauch beer. beer. Which it, actually isn't even a Bach. It's not even a Bach. Well, I keep calling it a Bach because he's Bach East. It's a Bach so East. What do Bach I know? East without being a Bach. Well, well, well trust Bach me. not Bach. I'm going to chew him out for this because it's confusing to me. I you do that. We'll it. have it on tape. Thank you very much. Uh, okay, awesome. Dr. Home, everyone. Uh, back after this. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a home brew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special secret elite bare-bones club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com, N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W. Nico Brew, your bare-bones buddy in the brewing business. Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good, but stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. Grog tags are reusable, write-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water-resistant, and ice chest approved. Grog Tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to Customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Ugh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some Grog Tags, dude. Grog Tag. At least your beer will look good. GrogTag.com. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. 
Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Now serving patient number 189. Number 189 at the counter, please. Now back to Dr. Homebrew. All right, welcome back, everyone. We have Chris on the line here. Chris, are you there, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. How's it going? Good, man. How you doing? I'm all right. Yeah, thanks for uh, staying up late and hanging out with uh, the handsome young men from Dr. Homebrew and Brian. Hey, no problem. I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing anything special. <laughs> hey, Are you at least drinking your own beer? Uh, uh, not actually right now. Uh, almost all my beer is gone. <laughs> I need to brew up some more. Well, we have some for we have some, so we'll send you. some. We have all of his beer here. Yeah, <laughs> oh, got like six right. bottles of it. Indeed, indeed. Uh, all right, man. Well, first, thanks for for sending this along, and so you are our focal point for the entire hour. Yay! How's that feel? You're getting a lot of attention. Yay, I love it. It's great. I hope he doesn't fall asleep while he's talking to us. Me too. Um, No, I don't think so. We'll keep him awake. (laughs) Yeah, we'll scream real loud every now and then. Uh, How long have you been homebrewing, Chris? Uh, About a year and a half. Okay. It'll be two years in May. Two years in May. Okay, and uh, this is a lager, right? Indeed it is. Okay. Um, Because when I was brewing... After two years, there was no way I was thinking about brew, uh, brewing a lager. That'd be crazy talk in my world. But you well, did it. You, you went know. out and did it. I did, indeed. Uh, are, are lagers kind of your thing? Oh, no. This is my first lager, too. Uh, I don't know. It was just okay. uh, just didn't want to make one. So okay. I, I finally got a fridge. So I figured, why not? And you like smoke beers. So this is yes, your, this I is, do a lot. Yeah. Is this your first smoke uh, recipe, or just your first smoke lager? Just my first smoke lager. My first uh, smoke recipe. I home smoked some uh, home malted wheat yeah. on some corn chips and made a Weizenbach. Jesus. But uh, yeah. you're a do-it-yourself guy. Did you build your own house too? <laughs> no, no, no I'm not it. that kind of do-it-yourself, <laughs> unfortunately. Because <laughs> building a house doesn't get you drunk. That's right. Right, right. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to jump into your beer then. Uh, not literally, but uh, figuratively. Brian, you want to start off with uh, this Rauch beer? Yeah, we, we judged it as a uh, 22A, a classic Rauch beer, although it did have that specialty Ooh. element of ha- having been fermented with a, a traditional Bach yeast. That aroma is amazing. has a, yeah, like right up front, a medium, high, smoking. pleasant, clean, bacony kind of smokiness going on with it. 
uh, real nice presentation. Um, it, underneath, it's got this um, subtle toasty malt and bread-like notes under under that. Uh, you know, some like kind of Munich-y uh, aromas. Yeah. Uh, no esters, you know, clean lager uh, profile there. Hops were not discernible under the, the smoke and the and the malt uh, in the aroma, at least. Um, well, that a hint of a light little, maybe a spicy background note from something, but yeah, um, you know, no DMS or Dassel clean beer. Color wise, it's brilliantly clear. It has this kind of orangey golden color. Yeah, with a fine white head that rings the glass, but it's there's there there wasn't too much head that faded fairly quickly, but you can you can rouse it up, uh, swirling the glass a little bit. And the flavor it had again a, a nice bacon like smokiness, very prominent, but not overpowering. It, you can still find all the the elements of the toast and the the bread crust underneath that of the malt that you're looking for, and that and you know a lot, uh, some people may not know. Uh, the the style the classic style of a of a classic Rauch beer is a Märzen. So we're looking for that kind of Märzen character underneath the smoke and in balance with the smoke. So we did find enough. I did find enough um, elements of it that said, "Hey, this is a this is a lager. This is a nice uh, you know mm. a Munich-y kind of uh, beer that uh, that it did have that that Märzen like quality under that. It's not a like a dark rich." Uh, Robust Mertzen, it's like kind of on the lighter side for Mertzen, but that's good yeah. for Mertzen, and that and that works well with the smoke because it's refreshing and you get the smoke and it's not too much, you know. Yeah, I was uh, not prepared for the amount of smoke that came through. Uh, it was very pleasant. I really enjoy smoke beers. Yeah, yeah. but so, it, it's not like the strongest one of these I've come no. across by oh, a no. long shot. No, yeah. not at all. But it's just very nice balance. But yeah, with the with the lighter body, it, it carries through the smoke. Uh, you don't get a giant punch in the face or like a that kind of sweetness where it coats your lips even, where it's like, this is too, it's too much. Right. Uh, this is very good. It's very clear, too. And the smoke stays all the way through to, into the aftertaste, but it, it, it never becomes overpowering. You just kind of, and it finishes medium dry. Uh, I didn't get any real hot flavors in there, uh, and the bitterness is low and out of the way, as it sh- you know, pretty much should be with this. Um, body-wise, I thought it was medium-bodied. Uh, that's maybe a slight astringency, possibly from the smoke. <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, it had a little bit of, you know, just a little tingle in there, kind of little little puckeriness, but not not harsh or biting or in, in any way. There's no obvious warmth. Carbonation is kind of medium to medium low, um, and um, it has this kind of a like a leathery feeling a little bit on the on the tongue. It has a little bit of attack with the smoke there, hmm. but you know, not not harsh really. Uh, very nice smoked beer with leather. That pleasant drinking Rauch beer. A pretty bold smoke presence, but just enough room for the somewhat restrained malt underneath that to come through. So I would maybe like just a little bit more of the Miniki bread crust like malt coming through, but uh you could and you could even stand it back off the smoke a little touch. But if you like that smoke level where it is, it's nicely in balance with everything else that's there. So you can leave it right there. That's fine too. Um you want to find a way to maybe get some more kind of medium chain proteins in there to increase your head retention. This beer should have a good, lasting, uh, uh, fluffy head there, and uh, it should stick around. This does fade pretty quickly, so you know I don't know. I mean, most of today's malts are, are pretty well modified and should have a, enough proteins in them to give you a, a decent head. So if you're if you're doing some lower temperature rests, so you might want to 
get rid of those uh, on the mash side. But if you're just doing a regular, um, you know, regular mash, um, you know, it's, I guess you can always add some, the trick is always add some wheat, but I don't really want to tell you, add some wheat to this beer because, <laughs> you know, that might throw it off a little bit. You don't, you don't need wheat in the, in a classic Rauch beer. So, um, well, play around with it and, and try to get, get some, uh, a little more head in that beer and, and, uh, it would bring the appearance score up by a point. So then you'd be at a, a 38 instead of a 37 with me at least. So, uh, but nice beer, very tasty stuff, nicely balanced, and thank you for sharing it. Yeah, absolutely. Lee. Yeah. You're up, dude. I am. Excellent. Fabulous. Um, I agree with most of what Brian said. Um, I thought this was a, a very nicely balanced beer. The base beer is sort of a fairly light, dry, not like totally dry, but no, it's not a very rich beer. It's a very much a clean, easy-drinking Martzen kind of base beer. Um, the smoke... <coughs> Pardon me, is balanced pretty nicely with that. Yes. Um, originally, I thought it was pretty much spot on balance, and it, it, I may still think that, but <laughs> it might not be good, might not be bad to rash it back just a bit. And it's not because it's unpleasant; it's just because it, it is masking over the base malt just perhaps a bit too much. Because you've got a fairly light, dry beer here, so it, it'd be nice maybe to let the malt shine through a little more. But that said, I really like the smoke character in this beer. It's very nice. It's very good beer. Um, the other things I found in here, I mean, well-balanced, um, pretty clean, um, nice smoke character again, nice creaminess, no head whatsoever. I mean, you pour the beer and you get some nice foam and it just sort of, you can watch the bubbles fade to nothing. Um, so Brian's comments about the head retention are good. Um, something needs to be done to improve that. Um, I did pick up what I thought was maybe a touch of acetaldehyde in here, sort of an apple flavor. Hmm, okay. So maybe it needed uh, a little more exposure to yeast or a little more lagering. Although, interestingly, there's no diacetyl, which could also come from the same source. Um, so I'm not sure whether that's that's really the cause there, but it definitely had a little bit of an apple character to it, which could be fixed, I think. Hmm. Um, and there was an interesting note I found kind of minty in this beer. It's almost like northern brewer hops were used or something like that which I think didn't really, to my palate, blend very well with the smoke character, but it was kind of a minor flavor. It wasn't that big. So I, it didn't bother me that much, but I thought it was kind of an odd contrast with the smoke. <coughs> um, but in general, I thought this beer was really drinkable, very enjoyable. Um, could use to get rid of that little bit of acetaldehyde and get a better head on it, but I thought it was pretty nice. I gave it a 36. I think it was a really good wow. beer. Yeah, uh, I agree. I would pay for this beer. <clears throat> you can. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Well, no, not legally. I'll sell you this no, bottle. Not legally. Yeah. We can make you can pay anyways. There are other ways of paying. Yeah. That's true. We can make you pay, JP. <laughs> oh, trust me. Uh, I have a girlfriend. I'm all too familiar with that. Uh, Chris, well, uh, it, it's this is a, a good beer, man. Do you have any questions for the guys on this thing? No, I was just looking for some good feedback. I mean, uh, you know. That head retention thing is good. I didn't really uh, notice that too much, but I tapped right off my, uh, or I bottled it right off the picnic tap with a little tube, so that might have something to do with. It might have dropped a little, little carbonation going into the bottle, yeah. Yeah, you got to, like, bump the carbonation up a bit and then slam it down real hard. 
Yeah, it something like that. It There's a trick. Tastes to do like with the it. carbonation is that low, but it might be a little low. Chill the bottles and keep it in there. So you, you, know. you think the lack of the head is more just proteins I, I, in the beer? Well, I, I don't know for sure. I mean, did yeah. you do a protein rest on this or? No, like uh, it was uh, just a single infusion mash at about a one fifty, one forty-seven ish. Yeah, that that would explain the light, dry body on it too. That's pretty low mash temp. Should you bump it up a bit? Fifty-two or something? I kind of like it dry, honestly. It, it's nice as it is. I, I would almost ratchet it back to smoke a notch, but that that's a matter of preference, I think. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like it's bad where it's at. I mean, I really like the sort of the balance. I really like the smoke delivery in this. It's very nice and clean. Yeah, me too. Um, it just to me, it can maybe it's just a touch more malt to balance it out. But well, okay. so tell, I actually, yeah. I really like it as it is, though. Tell us about your lagering profile, Chris. Uh, well, I my uh, lagering refrigerator uh, at the lowest setting, number one. There, it'll go down to thirty-eight, and that's I think Bach Lager. He said it was uh, minimum temperature was thirty-nine, so uh, er, thirty. I got one degree higher than the minimum temperature. Sorry, sorry. For your pr- and, uh, you know what, Chris? We could taste that. God damn it. <laughs> I know, I know. I could, too. I could, too. For your primary um, fermentation, though, or was that for lagering? Yeah, that was uh, primary fermentation for a month. Wow. So you fermented then, uh, it that cold. Wow. How long did it take yeah. to ferment out? It was about a month, and then I uh, yeah. set it out for, like, three days for the diacetyl rest or whatever. I did the same with the other one. It was this whole side-by-side thing. Yeah. Hey, you've had good luck for a first logger. This is really good. Nice job. <laughs> Super awesome. Yeah, that's actually pretty damn good. What kind of hops did you use in it? Uh, there's Celia hops. Uh, there's supposed to be a mix between... Savinci Golding, Aurora, and Slovenian Wild Hops, similar to Saz. Okay. Hmm. So going for kind of a noble hop presentation. Indeed. Yeah, I don't, there's, there's the no northern brewer then. hop I had around. What's, uh, what's your recipe for this, Chris? Can you go over that? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, let's see, 31% Munich, uh, about 30% Vienna. 25% uh, Ralph Malt, and three pounds of Golden Promise because I needed more gravity and everything <laughs> else around. Yeah. It looks like you got up to about 10.55 starting. Yep, that's uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's got all the details on the bottle here, too. I like the hello. Yeah, I appreciate that. Hello, my name is Smoked Lager. That's a long name you got. Yeah, yeah well, you know. <laughs> um... Any questions? Any of the questions, Chris? No, no, you guys pretty much covered it. I guess I could add some crystal malt to the recipe to help bump up on that head retention. Just Maybe some uh, care of Munich or something. Yeah, you know, like that would work, but I wouldn't add crystal malt because it's really that. the wrong kind of flavor. Maybe some Kara Red, yeah. one of the German varieties, might work a little better. Um, or just a high, slightly higher mash temp would probably leave a little more higher sugars to help hmm. with that sort of thing. Um yeah. Yeah, some people say wheat malt. I mean, you could try it. Wheat would definitely work. It might change the flavor profile like in a different direction. Like pills or carafoam yeah, or something like that? Yeah, the carafoam would probably work very well for this sort of thing. Definitely add some more head and a little bit more body to it. 
I'm surprised that, that somebody in the brewing world hasn't invented a product where you just, like, squirt a little bit of this into your beer and it instantly creates, like, the, the beer with the perfect head. You know, yeah. Right. Have you guys, seen, nice. have you guys seen that new thing where it's, like, a, it's basically like a, 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 an espresso machine, but you put hops in the in the uh, portafilter, which is that little thing that you put yeah. the grinds in, and you pull your beer through that. And oh. so it's like a Randall, but it's it, yeah. an espresso Randall. Essentially, yeah, mm. they could do that with uh, you know foam, a little agitator or something, Make oxidize the hell out of yeah, yeah. shots. Yeah, yeah. That comes out at like uh, I don't know, like a few psi too. So yeah. I don't know what that would do. <laughs> <laughs> I told him I was like, hey, if you guys need some, uh, you know, UK US testers, it's a UK product, but which you- is weird <laughs> that the UK folks are trying to get more dry hop character. I don't know. Maybe it's not weird. Uh, all right, Chris. It's not well, hang on a sec, man. We're going to go to a break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk to Chris. We're going to talk to someone who sounds just like you and brewed a beer just like this, but with In the same zip code, even. peach with awesome. yeast cultivated from peaches. That's right. Yeah. So uh, I, I can't wait to figure out more about this. Hang on tight. Uh, we'll catch you after the jump. All right, Chris. Sounds good. All right, man. Hang on a sec. Good beer. I liked yeah, it. Nice and clear, too. Nice. I love smoke oh, beers. Good job lagering. Such a pretty beer. Yeah, we for, I forgot to ask him about uh, filtering and all that kind of stuff. I think he just lagered it. He, he fermented it so cold and lagered he it, for, it out. for so long that it just got clear. Hmm. And then he filtered it, and then he cursed the particulates until they dropped <laughs> out. <laughs> he screamed at him. Right. Yeah. Get right. out of my beer! We're going to take a break, come back, still talking with Chris and his uh, outstanding... Smoked uh, beer, some Rauk beer, right? Some, uh, what is it? Rauk beer? Rauk beer. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. Doctor Home, everyone. Uh, Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs, and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem you need the five star solution visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019 800-782-7019 and get the five star treatment today as a brewer you already don't settle for second best you want great tasting beer and you want great equipment to make it with so don't settle for the second best grain mill. You want a Monster Mill from Monster Brewing Hardware. Monster Mills are tough, come in two and three roller designs, and are made right here in the USA from superior materials for longer-lasting performance. Pick the mill that's right for you at MonsterBrewingHardware.com and take Bevo's advice. Trust me, it's always better to have a bigger tool than you think you need. <laughs> Monster Mills have the best warranty in the business. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. Visit MonsterBrewingHardware.com now and check out all the mills and mill accessories. Don't settle for second best. Get a Monster Mill from Monster Brewing Hardware. Starting a brewery is not for the faint of heart. 
Uh, it's definitely a labor of love. If you're not going to give it 100%, don't bother. Brewers Publications is proud to present the Brewers Association Guide to Starting Your Own Brewery by Elysian Brewing's Dick Cantwell. Business plans, financing, sustainability, and more. This book takes you through the planning and execution needed to turn the dream of craft brewing into a reality. Whether you want to open a brew pub or a packaging brewery, learn the professional side of ingredients, wastewater, quality, and how to build the craft brewery of the future. The Brewers Association Guide to Starting Your Own Brewery, available now from Brewers Publications and BrewersPublications.com. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like pub discounts that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more, Zymergy Magazine, and eZymergy. For tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love. And access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join right now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Have you ever dreamed of attending the World Brewing Academy? This year, thanks to Lalamond and Anstar, one lucky brewer will make that dream a reality for free. Lalamond and Danstar invite you to enter the Beer School 2015 contest. One lucky grand prize winner will receive fully paid tuition to the 2015 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth almost $4,000. From now until December 13, 2014, every Danstar yeast packet you use is your ticket to enter. Visit danstaryeast.com for the details and to print your official entry form. There's no limit on the number of times you can enter, so get brewing with Danstar and get your entries in to the Danstar 2015 Beer School Contest. Whether you want to build your home brewing skills or build a career as a professional brewer, this course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Enter at danstaryeast.com and get the dry yeast advantage with Danstar and Lalamond Premium Brewing Yeast and Enter to win. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. We have Chris on the line still. Break too. It is pretty good. Yeah. What's up, buddy? Uh, Nothing much. Still hanging on. You know. Well, you know, life's tough all over, man. But I'm hanging on. You said, yeah. Uh, Hey, I wanted to ask you about your your filtering, dude. These beers are crystal. You can read through these things. They're crystal uh, clear. No, no filtration at all. They're about. uh, I brewed them in. uh, Let's see. uh, July, I believe. August, September, okay. October. Yeah, so just that's the time, time and temperature, man. So they started out cloudier than this when you were uh, first drinking them. They had a little bit uh, of haze. Chris, 
What's that now? I'm sorry. Oh, he was asking if, if uh, they started out a little bit more cloudy, but you just you just let him go. Until a they, little bit. Out. I mean, they were a little bit cloudier, but not not too a whole bunch. Okay. Uh, the wild one was actually oh quite a bit more cloudy, but you I know that all. I can see that. <laughs> I mean, you know, not that not in, all th- fell out with time. This is yeah. This is uh, this is super clear as well. We're talking about the, the cloudy one now, but I, I guess I can understand. You have a wild yeast. So tell me about this yeast before we get into the beer. Why why did you do this? How did you do this? Take us through the process. Uh, right about the time I uh, started home brewing, I uh, the local homebrew shop had a Charlie Papadian's Joy of Home Brewing, and it said you can get wild yeast from anywhere. And you know, started listing off some fruits, and I was like, oh well, shit. Got a peach tree in the backyard. Let's see what I can catch. Yeah, it turned out to be something pretty good, I guess. <laughs> now, uh, so, so what did you do? How did how did you how did you actually accomplish this? I uh, went outside, and because I don't really care for the taste of peaches, I took a peach and threw it in a little jar of wort that I had until I saw like one or two bubbles, and then with a sanitized fork, poked it out of there. And just grew it up from, I guess, just the skin huh. on the outside of the peach. Huh. Was that in uh, Charlie P's book, or is that something you just were like, eh, that'll work too? No, well, uh, as far as I did a little bit of research as far as, like, how after he said you can catch it from anywhere, I did a little bit of extra research on how to go about catching it. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they said it's usually on the skin of fruits, so yeah. I just grabbed one and threw it in. And this- I was hoping to get something fairly... Interesting, but not, you know, actually I was hoping not to get anything sour, <laughs> which is pretty nice because there's nothing, there's no pellicle or anything, even at higher temperatures, you know? Yeah, that's, uh, we were, we were uh, remarking during the break how, how clean of a wild yeast it is. There, there is nothing super funky and off and Yeah, I mean, sometimes they'll have like uh, phenolic characters and clove-like yeah. stuff going on or whatever. Yeah, that's uh, my house I usually pitch, uh, I do 10-gallon batches and do one with my uh, peach yeast there and then one with pro yeast or whatever, sort of like this. But uh, I do one with, like, Belgian yeast or English yeast or, you know, whatever. What, what ESB. Am, what I noticed uh, that the, uh, the fruit beer, or not the fruit beer, uh, the wild yeast beer uh, is a little bit darker than the original beer, right? But they're the same word. You didn't... Everything's exactly the same, yeah. Yeah. Is that me? Are you guys getting that, too? Is a little... It seems like the wild yeast beer is a little bit darker by a couple SRM, I think. I think that's you. Is There's it? more beer it in the, the glass. Same to me. Is that what it is? It's just the beer level? There's more beer in the glass. Yeah. Well, what do you guys yeah. know? <laughs> we know that much. You don't know... That's sh- smart. See? They, Chris, we, you don't know anything. JP. Come on. I JP. know everything. <laughs> JP, you're, you're cornered. Give it up. I am in the... No one puts JP in a corner. No one. You sat down in the corner. <laughs> I did. You're right. Uh, okay, well, let's let's talk about this beer. Now, I, you know, we're not going to get, Chris, just so you know, we're not going to get super detailed like we did with the, the previous beer. Just kind of how the, the yeast is, is different from from uh, b- between beer to beer, really. Uh, Lee, go ahead. What do you think? I'll make you start. Well, so not being a clean culture, traditional lager yeast... Yeah. Um, this yeast is definitely providing um, flavor to the beer that was not there uh, in the one that you did with the Bach yeast. Right. So it comes across very differently than that. Um, I would say the smoke character has 
pretty much seems to have been overridden in this beer. We're not getting nearly as much as that. I mean, there's some yeah. there, but it's not a dominant thing here. It's it's like more of the 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 darker smoke flavors, like the more the more I don't know. Uh, Carm- uh, caramel, kind of darker, not burnt the, the, sugar. The base but like, malt flavors come through more. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a sugary thing. But the smoke, there's just a little bit of smoke left. Yeah. And whether that got volatilized off or somehow the yeast ate those flavors or something else, Lord knows what. Yeah. I don't know. But the smoke character is a lot less in this beer. Um, there's a lot of ester character in this beer which you'd probably expect from wild yeast. Right. And to me, it comes across kind of like bruised peaches, um, which I'm actually, unfortunately, not that big a fan of. It's not like a clean peach flavor. It tastes kind of like a bruised fruit. And I'm, that's uh, actually a pretty dominant flavor here. Mm-hmm. There's none of the sourness or nastiness you'd expect from a wild ferment or that you might get from a wild ferment. Which was very impressive to me. Mm-hmm. And that, that we were kind of remarking about that during the break. There's none of that stuff. Yeah, and I'm not getting much phenolics. There, there may be a little bit of a vegetal character here, I think, but not that bad. But mostly it's just um, there's this big ester character that comes across to me kind of like a bruised peach. And I'm not, not really a fan of that. I think I like the, the clean yeast beer better. Uh, but given that you just got this by dunking a peach into some wort, basically, <laughs> this is actually not that bad. I can imagine yeah. all sorts of horrid things they wouldn't want to be in the same room with coming off of that. I, I would uh, I would be afraid, <coughs> Chris, which is a, a compliment to, to to the grapes on you or the peaches, I should say. I would never experiment with a lager with just some wild yeast I happen to pull off my peach tree. Which never mind the fact that you don't like peaches and you have a peach tree, but you know what I mean. Like I would never, I would never do that. It's so much work and time to. But that's why I don't really brew a lot, I guess, because it's just, I don't know. I wouldn't do that. But uh, kudos uh, to you because it came out pretty good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I just noticed it uh, never stopped fermenting. I would like uh, the research I said said most of the yeast growth was done in the first like forty eight hours or so, and then you could cold crash it uh, for about. 48 hours and then uh, try and feed it again. Hmm. So I'd pour off like half the wort and refill again with half the wort and set it back out for, you know, another two days or so to warm back up and fermentation would start again and I'd go crash it back in the fridge and I guess I just trained it to do both cold and hot. I don't know how that works but Hmm. I guess. Hmm. They're wild, man. You tamed them. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> so it uh, seems like most of the fermentation took place at warmer temperatures with this. He said you, um, you brought it out and it, it would take off a little bit. Makes and then sense. you, it, I mean, because it's not a lot. It's it, it might not be a lager yeast. It's 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 probably gonna. I would guess that a wild yeast like this would be more active at warmer temperatures since it comes from a place of warmer temperatures. It's a Georgia no, um, a Georgia peach, right? Uh, I'm in North Carolina. In North Carolina. Oh, oh, Brian, he's going to come this, out here and kill you now. The six-pack said Atlanta, Georgia, that you sent this stuff in. And Sweetwater Brewery. Asheville-ish. Oh, okay. But, um, uh, yeah, you know, it was, uh, it, it seemed to have a pretty good corral. It seemed to go pretty good in the fridge next to the other water. I mean, it seemed mm. to go just as good. So it was moving there, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just chugging along. Cool. Was there was the was the lag time different? Was, well, they were actually almost about the same. They may, it might have had a little bit more lag time, but uh, you know, 
I figured that's just because it was a wild yeast. Hmm. Because I wonder how a wild yeast would do in lager temperatures. Oh, dude, it rocked it right on out. Like I said, side by side. About the same amount of time, no extra anything else. I just this blow off tube into a container. This guy's fearless, man. He's like the yeast whisperer. Yeah, he's just like, whatever. I'll do it. It, it was great. It was fine. It's, yeah. yeah. I mean, why not? I, well, I <laughs> did a, a, a bunch of uh, ale cultures with it, you know, just for fun around the house. Like I said, I did a bunch of uh, side-by-side testing with, okay. like, yeah. English ale yeast and this one and an ESB and uh, uh, another couple you know, Belgian ones. If you want to refine it, if you if you if you like it, um, Dave at Flattail has cultured some Brett from some plums in Corvallis, Oregon. He's in Oregon, so you might reach out to those weirdos um, and and see how because I know he he worked on it a bit. I think he did something similar to you, and then he he like refined it somehow, and uh, that's his like house Brett yeast. So did he I, actually streak him out. Oh, the I also have some house know. Brett yeast. It's just uh, flies through the air and lands willy-nilly on almost anything I'm not too careful with. Yeah, yeah. Um, If there's an open window at all or the slightest draft through the house and I open anything up, it's getting infected. You know, that's a lot of people don't understand about yeast and stuff. Um, uh, Push, our our good friend Push Eject, he was making uh, yeast starters uh, in the same kitchen that his wife was doing uh, sourdough beer starters. Uh And so after a couple years... His starters started, and his beer started to kind of taste like sourdough beer. And I was like, this is kind of sourdoughy, man. And, and we finally figured it out. Togetherness happened. And uh, so now he, does it, he, he pitches into a starter in another room because there's yeah. a lot of them. Yeast is, is definitely everywhere. And we, you know, that's part of the reason I think we encourage yeast starters and, and uh, clean pitching and stuff because you yeah. want the good stuff to get in there before the bad stuff happens. So. I'll compete it. Yeah, that's weird, man. So okay, so you're so you're just kind of home culturing a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, uh, I uh, opened up a fermenter or two uh, when I was doing it in buckets, and uh, I guess you know the fan was going behind me, and I didn't notice or <laughs> something. I don't know, but uh, like it was all done fermenting. I went to go take my final gravity reading, and the next day when I went to go bottle, or the day after. It was the next day I had a pellicle on top. Wow. That's crazy. It was, yeah. It's pretty quick around here, apparently. Lots of bread. But uh, apparently not on the peaches. So I left that on that Yeah, one. that's really cool. Yeah. It has this kind of, it does have a peachy kind of flavor to it. It really does, right? And orangey and juicy fruit. Very estuary, though. Definitely, like. I think, I think Lee hit it on the, on the head when he said uh, bruised peaches. That's exactly what I tasted, too. Yeah, it's not the bright, bright fruit that you know, like the super fresh tasting. It's a little, a little staler tasting, but yeah, it still tastes I did a, pretty uh, good. Like a cranberry wit with this beer that's about a year old. Mm. Uh, come Thanksgiving, that is super good. That nice. would sound great. But see, and have you, okay. So, how many generations are you pulling off this yeast? Are you banking it? Are you letting it kind of change and see what happens, or what are you doing? Are you dunking uh, a fresh peach every time? Sort of just washing it and repitching it into the next batch. How many uh, iterations of this have you done? Like how many? How many uh, times that, have you pitched it? Oh, uh, you know, I couldn't even tell you. Okay, so many. Yeah, so many. Um, yeah, uh, cranberry. That would sound good. And, and now that you, 
Is the is the flavor profile consistent from from batch to batch, or do you find it changing? It stays pretty pretty much the same. Okay, that, that's great because now that you know the flavor profile of your essentially what is your house yeast or whatever, uh, yeah. yeah, you can do all sorts of weird shit with it. Like decide what what beer style is going to taste the best with this yeast profile. Yeah, I think that that cranberry beer does sound interesting with that. I don't, I don't know that the smoke is not coming through as well with this as as it no, does with the lager the smoke yeast. For so sure. it's not making the greatest smoke beer. Although although the uh, beer tastes good, it's just it's not coming across as like super smoky when you taste it right next to the other the Rauch beer. It's it's so different. It's, it's quite. I wonder if quite you put peach striking. juice into it. Yeah, put a little pe- like, you know, peach juice into it. Although maybe I thought it's too they much. were uh, pretty good blended at like half and half. Oh yeah, we could do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, have you done this already? Uh, oh, did I do? Yeah, I did that. <laughs> Chris, yeah. Why not? Why wouldn't I? I took it to the moon last time well, I was there I too. Have two okay. pegs sitting right next to each other. Why not? Right. <laughs> yeah, I like blending uh, beers too. It's kind of fun. So like, oh, a little bit of this with some of the, some of that. Why not? Uh, yeah. Well, that's cool, Chris. It's definitely something we haven't talked about on the show before, so I really appreciate you sending in uh, two beers, or six beers, rather, but uh, you know, two different pleasure. types. Yeah, awesome, man. And, um, yeah, I don't know if you have any questions for the guys or if they have any questions for you or, or uh, you know, how that's working on this thing. But I think I've pretty much uh, covered it, unless you guys got any questions. No, I think we're. I think everyone's good here. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Thanks a lot. I, I appreciate it. Good, great beers. Anytime you want to send me another beer, man, let me know. Hey, if I can scrape up three bottles of that cranberry wit, I'll send it out. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't mind, man. If we just want to, if we're just going to try it on the show, just to comment on, we probably only need one bottle. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We would do that for you. Awesome. <laughs> All right, brother. Take it easy, man. Okay. Cheers. All right. Bye. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. Chris and his fucking weird beard, man. It's really good. Both are were really good. Both are really good. Yeah, the the Ralph beer is, is like pretty much in the territory of classic Ralph beer. I, I really like that. And you use beer. that that yeah. that wild yeast, and it's a totally different animal. And buries the smoke, gives it this funky fruity thing, but not like funky like Brett like or sour. Just yeah, just I would just never have done it. It's just bruised peaches. But yeah, and and and, and that, so that's what I was trying to get in, get at. It's like, what do you how do you refine that? Can you refine that flavor? This would be where I would talk, you know, want to talk to a yeast person. You know what I mean? Can you get that same kind of peach essence? Which, first of all, is weird that the because it, wa- it came from and, and so the 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 uh, the plum beer that I was talking about at Flat Tail that friggin' tastes like plums. It tastes like plums, and so what is that? That's weird, first of all. But how do you how do you refine it? How do you get it to not taste like bruised peaches? Or is that what makes bruised peaches taste like bruised peaches when they bruise? It breaks the skin, and then that yeast comes in and and kind of yeah, eats I'm, those sugars. I don't I, know, I don't know. No idea. That's probably part of it. Yeah, I haven't you know studied. I do actually have. God a damn it, Brian! Peach study. Tree. I haven't studied. <laughs> You're gonna fail. I didn't know there was gonna be a test about peach yeast on yeah. this show. There's always a test Peachy. somewhere. Yeah, I um, don't know. Wow. Well, I, I thought they were two amazing beers. Pretty and cool. um, Chris, you automatically who, win. Yeah, who wins? The grog tag, at least your beer will look good. 
$40 gift certificate. $40 to grogtag.com. Check them out. They have wrapping paper, custom wrapping paper, which is like 70-weight paper for you paper weirdos out there. Uh, not like that super thin, normal Christmas paper. And it's all customizable. They have bottles and bottle caps and signs and coasters and wine labels and mini tags and all this kind of stuff. So check them out. Fully customizable grog tag. I want to thank our sponsor, Five Star. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com. Check out how to properly sanitize and uh, do all the kind of things that you need to do to make good beer like Chris, which, uh, you know, kudos to him for not just opening his fermenter and going, oh, I'm going to catch some wild yeast. He actually did some research. He dunked a peach. <laughs> I could dunk a peach for hours. I liked it. They were very, they were very good beers. Uh, okay, we're going to take off. We're going to Bye. drink the rest of these beers. Uh, before we split, I want to tell you about Brewing with Style. Uh, Jamil hosts that show uh, a couple, uh, uh, you know, w- with a couple others uh, as well. Uh, but if you're interested in a lot more beer talk, and this may be the first introduction that you, that you have to the Brewing Network, uh, check out Brewing with Style. You can find them on iTunes. You can find them on our website, brewingnetwork.com. And uh, if you're kind of into that uh, super nerd talk like we are around here, Bringer Style is a pretty good. Uh, it's a it's it's a second to Doctor Homebrew. I'm not gonna you know. I mean, come on. We're like uh, you know, we get like 12 downloads a month. We're awesome, and uh, you know, no one no one can hold a candle to Doctor Homebrew the way we talk about beer, right, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Beer the, good. The duct tape mm-hmm. is holding, and and uh, I should leave before they are able to escape. Anyway, if, if we rip it off right now, we'll scream. <laughs> right. Uh, All right. Thanks for hanging out with us, everyone. It's been Dr. Homebrew. I'm JP with your co-hosts, Brian and Lee, and, of course, the lovely Beverly freezing in the little booth that we keep her in. Look at her. Freezing to death. You can start in Frozen. The snuff fell. I don't know. Uh, All right, everyone. Until the next time, it's been Dr. Homebrew. Take it easy. (laughs) 